I had headphones on and I was playing a game and she comes in and then I get up what I felt time went by so fast and it was a half an hour. Why wasn't I there for you and to support you during this hard time for us, for you, for us as a family, for us as a, as a whole family, our extended families and the, the unknowns. Is there something else behind him not showing up that I don't know about? You know, it just makes you kind of insecure about what's really, what's behind this. Why is he not showing up like he usually would? Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Josh and Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We are going to really get in depth in your story, and I am just excited to see kind of what comes out of this story today. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Before we do that, how old are you guys? What do you do for a living? And tell us something interesting that most people don't know about Hmm. you. Well, I'm 36 and I work for a technology company. Which You're actually 35, by the way. Mm. 35. See? <laughs> well, okay. So 35. It gets harder when you get older. So <laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking about what you guys said that we are number 36. Oh, yeah. You're a 36 so couple. I was like, that was stuck in my head. So, yeah, I'm 35. I work for a technology company. I work a lot with executives and work to build sort of relationships, right? And so, my job is more of like the relationship building within a marketing and technology company. Hmm. So over the years, you know, I started off as a graphic designer. Formal background is actually in computer graphics and animation. And if I actually had to go back and do that today, <laughs> that'd be quite a bit of a challenge. <laughs> I, Things uh, have changed. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Things have changed a lot. So getting more into the uh, business side of things. Yeah, just excited to really explore this endeavor with you guys. Cool. Very cool. What's something interesting that most people don't oh, know? Something interesting. Well, maybe not a lot of people know this, but I do a lot of woodworking. Oh. I to build a lot of things, tinker a lot with my hands. I actually made a knife a couple weeks ago. Oh. Like forging? It was so Forged <laughs> in Fire is one of my favorite that, shows. That cool. great, right. I so she really likes to watch a lot of TV. But I'm not really a big TV person. So there's one show. It's like Forged in Fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Stephanie got me a forged or a man kit, man crate. A man man crate. Like a do-it-yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it came with the knife blank and you had to construct the handle. So it was perfect. Got me really back into it because I've just been so busy with work lately. 
that it was so nice That's and so cool. much fun to build this knife. Yeah. What about you, Stephanie? What about me? So I'm also 35 <laughs> and um, I'm a licensed social worker. I've worked in senior health care for about 10 years. I Most of my career has been in senior living and I've been in this kind of sales and marketing role for most of it. I also worked in hospice and I am soon going back to hospice as a social worker. So I'm really excited about that. Kudos to you. Yeah, that's great work. It's mm-hmm. it's tough, but it's rewarding. Yeah. So. Everyone I know that has gone through hospice is like, they, I couldn't have done it without those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really yep. great, really good work. And that, truthfully, that's why I got into it. I had mm-hmm. family experiences and I was like, wow, if these people can make a difference in these moments, right? if I could do that for someone, that's all I want. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Something not a lot of people know. Well, he kind of alluded to it, but I'm a reality <laughs> television junkie. Reality TV. Um, Housewives of anything. Really? Yeah, wow. it's bad. Bravo. <laughs> e, like, you name it, I watch it. <laughs> Do you know how many times people think my last name is Kardashian? Oh, oh, oh I can, yeah. I, can bet. All the time. I bet. Yeah. So yes. that's one I actually don't watch, though. Okay. They annoy me. So yeah. I will say I, I do have some standards. <laughs> can you guys tell us the story of how you met? So this is a funny story. For years, we told people that we met at Starbucks. Mm. Randomly, one cold night. We actually met online. We met on Match.com years ago before like online dating was even a thing. Oh, what year was like it? Feather in the cap. 2008. Eight, eight, yeah, 2008. Okay. Yeah. How long were each of you on that platform before you met? Ooh, I was probably like six months on there. Okay. At that point. I was only a couple. Yeah. Had you met other people? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably got... your dates? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely like one of those ones where you're, you can't wait to get out. Mm-hmm. Right? Quite a few of those. But nothing that was really of substantial, like substance. Like scary. And even in a conversation, right? So 2008, you guys were 24. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really young to yeah. back then to do that now. I yeah. think most people are on them now, but. Yeah, everyone's uh, got an app or something on their phone, yeah. you know, if they're single. And I think the average age on Match right now is like 55. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How come you guys chose that path? I think I was at a point in my life where I was just having fun. I wasn't looking for anything serious. I had been in a serious relationship previously that ended really badly. And I was at the point where I was over that, but I also didn't want anything serious. So I was just like, eh, I've, you know, I go to the bars with my buddies. There's really no one else new. There's no one that I want to meet there. So let's see what this is all about. Okay. Yeah. You know, I just, for me, meeting people, like I, when I went to school, I went to DePaul. Mm-hmm. So I was in the city. And I was out at bars all the time. And when I was back at home after school, I was like, I don't really want to meet somebody at a bar. Right. I'm so used to going to a bar. I want to actually be able to hear the conversation. And so I was looking for more engaging relationships or mm-hmm. engaging just fun dating rather than going to a bar to meet somebody. Hmm. Was that common for your friends as well or... Were they still in that party scene? No, I think for me, a lot of my friends that after school was people that had moved away to college towns. So they weren't really part of a big city. They were more of a rural Mm -hmm. area. So for them, they were wanting to go right back to the city. And I was like, no, I'm I'm kind of (laughs) done with that. I've I've had enough of the city for 10 years and kind of decided to, Mm -hmm. yeah, for me. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, my friends, we all, you know, we're party girls. We went out and had fun. And it's funny. I say that we told people we met at Starbucks because there was like a stigma associated with meeting someone online at that point. So we even lied to friends because they would have been like, what? Right. (laughs) So it it was an interesting time, I think. You guys were trendsetters. I was going to ask you, why (laughs) do you guys say that you met at Starbucks, right? Do you still do that now today? I've caught I've caught myself doing it all the time. Yeah, Still. yeah. Okay. Every once in a while, but don't really run across a bunch of people that haven't really known us at this point. Yeah, we still meet a lot of new people, but it doesn't really come up in those types of conversations. I always say now, now I I don't even say we meet at Starbucks, but mm-hmm. we did actually meet physically for the first time. Our first date was at a Starbucks. Starbucks, so our first date was <laughs> so a technically, Starbucks. Technically, yeah, right. technically, we weren't totally lying. <laughs> right. do, you, do you guys remember what your profile was like or what you were seeking back then? It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I think I was just like, let's see what this is all about. Let's, so you were like, I'm looking for a serious relationship. No, I was at the point where I was finally totally good being single. I was over a previous relationship. And I was like, let's just see what this is. Like, I got nothing to lose. Going fishing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it was it was definitely more what I felt like was mature at, for that age, like definitely more about the what I'm into for work and some hobbies rather than like go out to the bars and things like that. But I can think about the pictures that I had on there and those awesome selfies that I took at 24 <laughs> years old. I still have some of them saved on my computer. Wow. I'm not even going to lie. How, how did you guys choose your pictures? That's oh cool. boy. People took <laughs> selfies back then? The flip phone. Yeah, but you yeah it was a flip it. phone. Yeah. It was a flip phone <laughs> or, or it was like a little Casio P90 power oh shot camera yeah, that yeah. you were uploading with the, with the memory card. You guys card. are real trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like choosing photos and stuff. It was like, you have to have a variety, right? Like you have to show different sides of yourself. Like one with you like out with your buddies and like having a good time. But then one of you like at home with your dog, like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like you need to show like, you know, you want to like attract the widest variety of people, not just like the party guys and things like that. So I remember thinking mountain biking. Right. (laughs) Look, I'm outdoorsy. (laughs) And I think it's so, it's so interesting because the way I think about it, and the way it's sort of stereotyped today, it's much different mindset as from at least for what I feel like, right? It's a going into it. Some of these dating sites are advertised like that, but that's those are the ones that you hear about, mm-hmm. right? You don't really hear about Mash.com anymore. Oh, right. Mash.com like is, and, is really the leading one. And, and I don't mm-hmm. hear about them anymore, probably right. because they're so, they've been around now for so long. People just knew who they are. You're you're not our first couple that we've interviewed that meant that way, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, actually, lots. And I don't even remember who initiated it. You first. did. I remember. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what, what did he wave? How yeah. was that? No. So this is silly, but at one point <laughs> I decided to stop. I didn't want to pay for it anymore because I was like, I don't. I don't even really care if anything comes of this. Mm. So I actually changed my like screen name on there to what my AOL instant messenger name was like we're bringing it way back wow yeah and he figured it out that that's what it was he is a tech guy right (laughs) I found found my prince charming he sent me like a random IM and was like hey saw you on match you know I'm from Highland Park 
I lived in Northbrook at the time. So it was like we were close and Oh, you know. he reached out not even through Match. Yeah, through, no, through AOL. Messenger. Yeah. Wow. He read between the lines. It was good. He did, <laughs> he did some research. Smooth mm-hmm. moves. <laughs> yep. Well, <clears throat> I think we'd call that stalking these days. So no. yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so what made you do that? You know, I it was definitely a physical attraction. At first, that was what grab it because you see all these different profiles right mm-hmm. so it's you see it you see a location you see a picture so i clicked on the picture and i saw like what she was saying she had those that was a type of profile that you had you had the different types of shots of what's going on <laughs> in your life but she looked interesting but it was i knew what i was doing it was that we <laughs> were at least graphically geographically near each other mm-hmm. which was probably another reason to start with like i'm just reading through the profile right sure and so just her and i i picked up on animals and i'm a big animal lover Mm. i was a big animal lover at that time still am and so yeah and so it was just okay let's let's try this right it was only you were only a couple of dates into match for me i was on it for six months but wasn't finding anybody Mm. right and so it was yeah just Lucky, I guess. Yes, he was. So, so you <laughs> you get this message, mm-hmm. and and I was like, all right, is this another tool? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a lot of them, especially mm-hmm. as a female on these sites, and I'm sure it's still true today. But there was just something today. I can mm. only imagine. Yeah, we've heard. Yeah, I, I'm very <laughs> grateful to be where I am. But it was something about his energy. I could just tell, like we vibed as far as like, I'm a really, you know, enthusiastic and like excitable person. And he was giving that off too. Mm. And I just, that was really attractive to me because I'm silly and goofy and I need someone who can also be silly and goofy and not judge me and, you know, pull the like "Eh," card. (laughs) And he right away just showed me his personality, that side of it. And I was like, okay, I think I like this one. So then how does that progress? Like you're, you get the instant message. How long between that and actually meeting and what happens in between? I think it was a couple of weeks. It was because we were, I, we, were even, we were texting, we were talking on the phone. I mean, I remember, I don't even think I had met you yet and I was snowboarding and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I went snowboarding by myself on just a random Saturday and I call her afterwards. I'm like, oh, you'll never guess. I like, I fell and everything flew off my head and my gloves flew off. And she was like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Like you did this by yourself. And that was like, we started having conversations that weren't just, Hey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> started getting What's into your sign. Yeah. Yeah. It just was the, learning, learning more about each other. Yeah. Right? Getting the down. vibe, you know, sure. like and it was like just sharing, Hey, cause we were interacting on the computer. We were getting to know each other. So you kind of wanted to get to know about somebody. It was just, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And, How's it going? By the way, just got done falling and losing everything on my head. <laughs> and then I think within a couple of weeks, because we were literally, we lived 10 minutes away from each other. Wow. Oh, wow. We had no idea. Wow. And so we were like, okay, this is dumb. Like, why are, why are we not meeting? So I'll always remember it was like negative 20 degrees. It was so cold outside. And that was the day that we said... What, do you live in Chicago? Yeah. What? <laughs> it just happens to be an eight-inch snowfall today right. no at big the deal. end of April. Yeah, no big deal. Spring. <laughs> mm. Chicago style. Here. 
So we decided to meet at a Starbucks that was kind of like halfway in between both of our homes. And I remember I was living at home at the time and I was like, oh, I got to go get dog food. Like the dogs are low on food, aren't they, mom? And my mom's like, oh, yeah, they are. So I. (laughs) Your clandestine life. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I was a ninja. So I snuck out of the house and went and met him. And we ended up sitting and talking at Starbucks till they kicked us out. We met at like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And And it's like 11 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, um, we've been closed for like a half an hour, but you know. Like you guys got to go. You just got to go now. (laughs) Like we want to go home. (laughs) All the chairs are up on the table. (laughs) And meanwhile, I had had like 20 missed calls from my mother because she was like, you left three hours ago for dog food. Like what happened? But I just remember it was just, it was an instant connection. We just had so Mm. much to talk about. It was just, I literally went home and I said, I told my mom that I had met him, but not how we had originally met. I said, I went into Starbucks and I bumped into this guy and we started talking. And that night I was like, I feel like I met the man I'm going to marry, which was, I would have never said that. We, we actually hear that quite a bit. Yeah. That, so strange to me. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. We hear that, that phrase from a lot of a lot couples of, lot of couples that got married and then were like, I just knew mm-hmm. when I met them. Yeah. And we hear it from the divorced ones too that I shouldn't have done it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe and, it. And it was yeah. just, it was so interesting too because we were talking up, up le- weeks leading up to actually meeting. And then when we get there, it wasn't, it was like we were just exploring things that were felt so natural to mm-hmm. just talk about. So, so you didn't walk in and think, <clears throat> this is a different person than the other person I was talking to before I met you. No. No, I mean, there was definitely a lot of anxiety, right? And you get that, like, your heart's racing, like, oh my God. Who, who I'm got about there to, first? Yeah, I believe I was there first. I, and I you don't remember. In, no, the yeah, waiting, you walked in the from waiting. the south door. For sure you did. <laughs> I remember. Well, you still did. <laughs> was the conversations you guys were having on the phone, were they in-depth conversations? Like, what do you want out of life? And what are you looking for in a partner? They were at, at some point. I, and I truly, I don't remember. I, I think it was earlier on. I mean, I know for me, one thing that I think really drew us together on that deeper level is we had both experienced loss of our fathers. And so that was something that I had never seen and had or experienced in another person. What Mm -hmm. age were each of you when that happened? I was seven. And I was 20. Okay. So, so for being 24 and both. Yeah. 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 Very different ways, very different stories, but still a loss. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I think that that was a big connector for us because we got to have these conversations that you could never have with someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other kids are like going to brownies. You're right. at a funeral. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And we just connected. I mean, instantly on that was a, a definitely a bonding portion of mm-hmm. our really, I think how we really got connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did your dad's passing change your guys' lives? Oh boy. So for me, it was the best semester I had in college because it was right, it was right after winter break and I just was heads down. I didn't want to think about it. And so it was really, it was really traumatic for me. Mm -hmm. And it was at a point in my life where I was becoming what I felt like was an adult at 20. And so didn't have somebody to really talk to. So it was, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. So you just distracted yourself with school and just kind of, you know, put your nose into the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did it make you kind of grow up really fast? Grew up overnight. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the the fact that you guys were 24 on match back in the day when most 24-year-olds are just bar hopping. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you kind of be forced into how am I going to do all of this right now at mm-hmm. 20 years old? How am I going to like advice? Right. Mm-hmm. And just all gone in an instant. So, yeah, it really kind of made me focus on my education and, and really kind of focus on what career I didn't know I was going to have. <laughs> right. Yeah. And at seven, it's, I mean, it, that was, it was a totally different experience. Yeah, I mean, I totally. don't think I could even really comprehend what had happened. And then I look at it now and, you know, part of me is like, well, was my process easier because I didn't really understand it? I don't know. But, you know, it, I think that that always stays with you. It's going to affect you for the sure. rest of your life. Um, you know, being a child and not having your father and being at an age where you don't have a ton of memories anymore. That's a challenge, but you know, there's a lot of what ifs, what would life be like if he were here? You know, would things be different? Would I be where I am now? Like, I don't know, but I'm also in the headspace that you can't think like that either. Mm-hmm. You know, like things happen for a reason as cliche as that is. And I hate that saying, but I love that saying at the same time. (laughs) I I think that things happen in your life to bring you to a certain point. So I don't know. That's just kind of how, how I see it. It's like I said, very different experience from him because he was at an age where it really affected him on many levels. Sure. Sure. And I didn't have all of that because a different place in life. Yeah, Yeah. completely. Yeah. It is, but you don't really run into a lot of people at 24 years old that have lost their parents. So it was like right, right. that connection there was huge for It was us. relatable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, even right. at, even though I didn't have that at a younger age, we still we still are missing a, a parent and, yeah. and things that we just can't even ask them. I imagine your wedding was pretty significant for both of you guys. Yes. But before we get to that. Yeah. So you guys are at Starbucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you go from there <laughs> yep. to being in a relationship. Like, how does that happen? Wow. Well, <laughs> we did not. We saw each other every night for two and a half weeks after our first initial meeting. Yep. Oh, he, the Were you next, both living at your parents' house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. With, with any siblings or just your moms? For me, it was just my mom and I. At and that I, point. I have a sister who's 12 years younger. Okay. So she was okay. small at that point. So yeah, we saw each other. We hung out every night and I think we were like officially in a relationship two and a half or three weeks after we met. Yeah. We were just both like, I don't want to see anyone else. Do you? No. Like, no. It was a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Great. It was. So it was an official. Yeah. I think I made him ask like, well, you had to ask me if you want me to be your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that actually is really awesome. They, they talk about this concept of sliding versus deciding Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of couples today, they just sort of, yeah. Oh, we're hanging yeah. out. Right. Yeah, my lease is, you know, up uh, in May. So yeah. let's just yeah, move mean, in together. We could find a place. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's cool. Yeah. What was it about the other person that you fell in love with? She just flips her hair and There's- looks at him. <laughs> that was funny. What you got? <laughs> that was good. I mean, there are a plethora of reasons why I think her, her, just her drive in all aspects of life is, was the number one thing that attracted me to her emotionally. We both had passions in our lives for all different things, for things just going out and having fun, going down to the south side of the city, like for the St. Patrick's Day parade, the right? The south side? The south side. When they actually, when they had, actually the had the good oh. parade. We'd just be like Thursday afternoon, hey, what do we want to do this weekend, right? And so it was just that that passion and that drive to just explore 
and just live life to the fullest together. That was something that I never really found before. A lot of just having fun with life. And I'll say the same. Um, It was really just kind of like, you know, your partner in crime, right? Mm. Like, I'd be like, do you want to make furry pants? And he'd be like, yes. And like, <laughs> like this is awesome. But there was another side to him too that was really soft. And he, after his father died, he really became like almost the caregiver for his mother. His mother had been pretty dependent on his father and mm-hmm. he really took the man of the house role. And seeing that and like how gentle he was with her and how much he really was invested in making sure she was okay was really attractive to me. Because, you know, how they treat their mom, that's right. that's a sign, mm-hmm. right? right? And then he also had things, qualities that I wasn't so great at, like patience. <laughs> Not so good with patience. I've, I've built on that now, but he was super patient. He would... Hey, you know, honey, do you want to drive to the city? Do you want to drive or do you want me to drive? Oh, you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> patience. Patience. Yeah. Man, I need a lot of patience. Yes. Chicago is driving. Yes. So I think it was just, it was a, it was a big variety of stuff. It was the fun we had, but it was the things that I knew he had, I didn't. And then just this other side that I don't think a lot of other people got to see in him. Who said, I love you first. I did. That one. (laughs) I did. Pointing at him. I did. And and it was drunk at the South side parade. (laughs) Yes. It was. While wearing furry pants. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I made. We need pictures. Yeah. What what does furry pants mean? So we. I have them. uh, We actually made outfits for the South side parade. And so I went and bought this like furry fabric that you would see from like disco pants or something like furry boots. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what color? Oh, they were neon green. Green. Neon green. green. We actually like submitted our... Really long shag. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. And we actually <laughs> wow. submitted our photo to WGN's... Uh, there was like a contest. We we were like... Did you win? No, we, we didn't. No. No. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It yeah, was... Uh, he's, he said it then. And I said it right afterwards. What color I, are your furry pants? Oh, I had a skirt. It was also green. Okay. With it was green. a furry skirt? Yes. And this is absolutely St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, which is why yes. it's green. Yes. yes. Okay. Absolutely. And Does I, he get down on a knee? What's the, how does this go? No, I mean, it was the oh, cross eye. Like, I love like, you, man. Yeah, like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I sat it back and, you know, it was something I had been feeling, but, you know, kind of was waiting it out a little bit because it was literally a month after we met. So it was really fast. Like that just wow. felt really yeah, quick for me. Fast. And then I think the next day I was like, do you remember what you said? And he was like, that I love you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. When? How long from there till you guys get engaged? Long time. It was a long time. We didn't get engaged until 2010. 11? 11. 2011. Is that three years? It was almost, no, it was. Uh, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, it was like three and a half. It, it's interesting. It felt like it feels like it was longer just because we had been we had moved a couple different places where we moved to Buffalo Grove. And- uh, hold on. How long until you guys <clears throat> lived together? A Ooh, year and a half. A year and a half. Oh, okay. God, there we go. Yeah. And you guys each had to leave. Well, for sure. You, Josh, had to leave your mom. Yep. We moved in together in Buffalo Grove. Yep. Okay. How, how did your mothers take that? My mom was excited because she loves him. Like I always say, if we ever get divorced, like he will be invited to holidays before I will. (laughs) (laughs) So she was just really excited because she knew that I had found someone really special. 
And I think she was excited to get me out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I had the complete opposite. I had the complete opposite. It was like mama's little babies leaving home. Mm -hmm. And there was like that, that attachment on her side. We definitely had some, some boundaries that had to be set. Um, But she was happy. She was happy. It just, it was like, kid going off to college. Oh the cord was really yeah. hard to cut. She wanted to visit yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, a year and a half, you start living together, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then then another year and a half before you get engaged? Yeah. yeah. So so what, how, why did it take so long? We had this talk a lot. I think I mentioned before I had been in a relationship. I was actually engaged previously. Oh, okay. At a really young age. And I had been cheated on. And it was a really horrible ending to everything. He had also been in a three-year relationship that was very serious as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the person wasn't who, you know, he thought that she was type of thing. So we were both very skeptical of like that big commitment step because we had both kind of been burned in the past. Mm -hmm. And we had had a talk early on that neither one of us wanted to rush into anything. And it's funny I say that, but we were saying I love you in a month, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Right, right, Yeah. But, I love you. Let's but, move in. But, but we had, we had all the components. Here. All the components are there. <laughs> yeah. But we just, we weren't going to take that next really serious step until we were both like 155% sure. Yeah. Did you get any pressure from family? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my family. <laughs> my family was not so much like pressure. They were just more curious, like mm-hmm. started to get a lot more questions about relationships and, oh, how is this going? By the way, you guys have been together for a couple of years now. Um, what's, 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 what's next for <laughs> what's you? And so they were that, just, right. they were just really interested in our relationship. So pressure, I don't know about pressure necessarily. Indirect. Pressure. Indirect. Yeah. Absolutely. My mom's the queen of that oh indirect pressure. Oh, boy. And the, the little, you know, throwing out the little questions like, hey, uh, so where's that ring? And, you know, uh, she thinks it's a joke, but we know it's not. Right, thing. right. Do you know what her concern was? I think she didn't want what had happened to me last time to happen again. For mm. me to be, like, totally in with someone and then it not turn out the way that we all thought it would. I you said you were young. Weird. How old were you? I think... When that relationship ended, I was 22, almost 23. Okay, yeah, that's very young. And um, I had started dating him when I was 19, I think. Okay. And a very similar age for me. I think I was uh, 21 or 22. And it was like a three-year relationship for me, too. That was right about 23. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing you guys kind of share, you know, Mm -hmm. and are relating, relate to each other on. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Great. How did that huge relationship violation change your expectations or some of the things that you need in relationships? That relationship, I think, taught me what I would and would not put up with. Um, I think a lot of people, when you look back at a relationship that ended that way, there were signs Mm -hmm. and you just refused to acknowledge them. And so once I was out of that situation, I was like, okay. How did you find out? I actually found out because I had that woman's intuition and I checked his email mm. and he, AOL. <laughs> no, it was a school email. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was and a long distance Yahoo. relationship or part of it. He was away at school about three hours away. Okay. And I just had this feeling that something was up and I checked his email and there was a series of emails from a couple of people mm. that just were, that was the proof I needed. Was it, was it going on for 
pretty much our whole relationship. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. 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 So do you guys have access to each other's social media, emails, yep. all that stuff? Yes. Yep. Yes, we we do. That was yay. We love that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> we don't have like the yeah. shared page or anything. You know, right. we have a shared email. We have, we have a shared, shared email, email and, yes. and a calendar that's yeah. shared. So yeah. we all, so we both know what's yeah. going on, right? But yeah. not like a shared profile on no, social media. No, it's yeah. not like Josh and Steph, right? Um, <laughs> but we we did exchange passwords and stuff. You know, I was always very upfront by I had been burned and I had trust issues, right. and you're going to accept them or you're not, and. You know, I'm going to trust you as much as I can, but we're going to need to work on this together to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did. We had some bumps in the road, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we learned from them and we, we kind of came out stronger on the other side of it, I think. Unfortunately, it's a really common experience. I think as when we're young girls, especially, you know, depending on the influence of our fathers and your father had passed, right? it's hard for us to know what to really expect. And you kind of get this idea that, well, this person likes me. Maybe there's nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> and you put up with a lot more mm-hmm. than we should. And and I think that's an important part of your story that I think women do have to get to that place where, you know, what is hurtful to us becomes more important than being loved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was it was a big learning experience. And in the moment, you don't know why you're going through it. Mm-hmm. But at the other end of it, you're like, and this is why that happened. Yeah. Well, we're running into those difficulties now with social media and electronics and, Mm -hmm. you know, how we're able to connect with the world, you know, past relationships and all of that, you know, instantaneously and, you know, it is privately and privately. Mm -hmm. And and that is becoming a huge challenge with couples these Mm -hmm. days, you know, and, you know, it's happening so fast and, and we're not able to actually keep up with that. And so having those boundaries and being able to set those boundaries within a relationship are really key. Yeah. And I think having the self-esteem to set boundaries is, it's really hard. You know, it's hard to say, hey, this is okay or this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're like, I have trust issues. Hmm, Maybe you just have higher standards. Right. (laughs) You don't want to get hurt. Because I'm not going to deal with a cheater. (laughs) Right. Maybe that's not a trust issue. Right. Maybe that's okay. (laughs) So how did you guys get engaged? (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> so, the best story ever. This is the best story oh. ever. So uh, we were going to get engaged. We moved into our house. That was my plan. Had to push it off a little bit. And so I wanted to take Stephanie back to where we met. But I had held this whole plan. This Online. Plan. The, I, the Starbucks, the according Starbucks, to everybody else. Right, right the go. Starbucks. And <laughs> I had this big plan in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit her down in the, in the chair outside because it was a beautiful day out. And I was like, I'm going to put the ring on, a, on the straw and bring it out to her. And that was my plan. And yeah. so I was like, wake up and I'm really nervous about all of this. How, right? did, how did you get the ring? And did you ask anyone or did anyone know? I actually had the ring made downtown, only a few people knew. I actually asked her parents. Mm. I actually asked, I actually asked her mom and her stepdad permission. So I did the traditional. traditional. At that point, because Stephanie and I had been together for so long and I was really close, like I'm really big into family. And so I was really close with them. So it was a very easy conversation, but still nerve wracking. (laughs) Like, like, you know, definitely chest pumping a little bit. Did you just tell her, I've got to go out and get some dog food. I'll be back in a little bit and go over to her mom's house. (laughs) And actually, I think you were because at that point, we we had a little bit of different schedules, work schedules, where it was like a Saturday and she was at work. So I was like driving back from just getting the ring. So I just picked it up and I went over to her parents. I was like, can I 
<laughs> they just like open this box and they they lost it, right? And so it was uh, it was a definitely a fun experience. And so how I actually asked her was completely different than what I had planned altogether because we were where we were living and that Starbucks is far away from us. It was like. Hey, can you wake up and I want to go to Guitar Center, right? And I was trying to get her to come with me, but it's all the way in back in Highland Park. And so I was like, Will you want to come to Guitar Center with me? And and she's like, No. No. no, no why would no, I want to go to Guitar want to Center? Like, it's a Saturday morning. Like, I'm no. like, There's well, nothing well, there for me. Well, how about we go see your parents, right? I'm just like trying to come up with something. Like, how am I what else am I gonna do? How am I gonna get her over there? So on the way, I'm like, do you want to go to Starbucks? And she's like, no, I want to go get breakfast. I'm like, well, they have breakfast sandwiches. I'm like, that's what I was saying. I'm like, let's go get some breakfast sandwiches. She's like, no, no, no. We need to get breakfast. So we go to breakfast at Sweet Tomatoes. Sweet Tomatoes. In, yeah. They have breakfast there? They, they did they like did. a, it was like a weekend brunch. Yeah. Type they did of brunches. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting at, at breakfast at this point. I'm like, how am I going to get her to Starbucks? This isn't going to happen because she's going to leave here and be I like, I really need a latte. Yeah, not <laughs> happening. So I'm like freaking out. So I just take the ring and I put it underneath a, a napkin. <laughs> I just put it under a napkin, right? Your face is right? So, yeah. So, so I'm like, well, this is not really the way that I really pictured this, right? Well, I had gotten up to like get her drink refill and I come back and there's a ring just sitting on the table. <laughs> And I looked at it and I was, I mean, I, I probably can't swear on this, but I dropped some F-bombs. I was like, what the F is that? And he's like, what do you think it is? And I said, no, like, what the F is that? And he's like, what do you think it is? And I'm like, are you effing serious at sweet tomatoes? At sweet tomatoes. Uh-huh. And then he's like, well, will you? And I'm like. Well, we yeah. <laughs> so I still joke that he never actually technically asked. He apparently, he didn't ask your mother either. <laughs> yeah. Can we, I? We both Can got I? the same proposal. <laughs> and, and, and this is, it, it really kind of outlines our entire relationship. It is so just spontaneous all the time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it was so nerve-wracking. And I'm like, I just got to do this now. And I'm not going to be able to go by plan. And yeah. for whatever reason, I was like, it has to be today. Why did it have to be that day? I don't, I didn't have any reason. I was just so nervous. And and so it was. Did you, you decide the whole ring thing all by yourself? Yes. Like you didn't know what she wanted. How'd you know her ring size? How did I know your ring size? I feel size? like I dropped hints. Um, yeah. What was going on for you? We had had a conversation at one point where I was like, I'm ready. Are you ready? And he had kind of set these guidelines of, you know, well, let's move into the house first. Well, let's see what it's like, you know, six months after being in the house. And it was just kind of like always this, you know, There's goal. A, a milestone. You yeah, have to that hit, we had right? to hit. And you I, know. at one point, I, I remember I said to him and I said, just so you know, I'm not going to be with someone for five years and not have a commitment. I so mean, it was like four and a half. It, literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 He had, like, he had like a May. calendar that he was checking it off on. <laughs> was uh, there ever a time like you thought wire. maybe this is it? Uh, yes. Yeah. There. <laughs> he. It's so funny because he can be very, very romantic. And then that was the proposal I got. <laughs> which threw me off. <laughs> but there was one time, it was one of our anniversaries. It was like a two-year anniversary or something. And he actually had me do a scavenger hunt to a hotel where I walked into a room 
filled with balloons that had notes attached to the bottom of them with reasons why he loved me. And I remember calling my best friend and I was like, oh my God, you won't believe what, what this, like, what, what is he doing? I don't even understand. And she's like, he's going to propose. And I was like, oh, he might. And so, <laughs> nope, that no. wasn't it. Sweet tomatoes. Sweet tomatoes all the Sweet way. Tomatoes, Sweet tomatoes was under the one. a napkin yep. Yep. next to the bacon. Yep. yep. Pretty much. I don't think they have bacon there. It's, it's vegetarian. I don't know. I don't, whatever. Know. I don't even remember. <laughs> I just remember a ring sitting on the table. <laughs> Did you get down on one knee or no? Just, I didn't no, even do that. Nothing. I was so I was so just. I I reached across the table and I just said. I mean, he was white. He was sweating. He was like, <laughs> "Well, yeah." She gets that too. She's like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Just giving her a blank stare." Right. And then I looked down and I was like, "That's when the f bomb started." <laughs> what were you thinking when you saw her response? I was like, "Oh, is she really? Is she gonna say yes?" Like, because she kept dropping f bombs, and I'm like, "Okay, well, are we getting to the point here, or what now?" Because now I've done the hardest part of what at least I felt like was the hardest part at that point in time. Now and I'm worried. Now I'm worried. <laughs> She's still dropping f bombs, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I felt a sense of relief and a sense of like the next chapter. It, it felt like I was really kind of closing out that portion of our relationship. Not that I'm forgetting it, but it was a very transitional period for me and for us and how I was really approaching our relationship and kind of thinking more longer term for our future. So it was such a happy moment for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it really kind of brought us even more closer together. Oh, Yeah. You were forging. I was forging. Forging in fire. <laughs> I was forging in fire. With tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, actually what's interesting is you, you guys are podcast number 36, but I, I don't think we have heard an engagement that has been like this outlandish, you know, in the middle of Soldier Field and, you know, balloons no. were released and mm. doves, <laughs> you know, were like released. No, we, we haven't heard that at all, actually. It's, it's actually been more like spontaneous or blundered or whatever, you yeah. know, and that's, that's really, uh, and, and including ours, it was very yeah. spontaneous too. Right? I was working at Home Depot and came home and... And, and I was working at, at the hospital and I, <laughs> and she sent me a bouquet of flowers just randomly. <laughs> and I said to... Did I this, say hugs and kisses on all my pink parts? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll delete that. <laughs> That's an edit. <laughs> right. But I, but I think I told like the staff, I'm like, I think I'm going to uh, propose to her tonight. Yeah. And, oh, wow. And, and it was did. just like that. It was just like that. Yeah. But right. you, you did go with Alec. I had a son. Already. I did yeah. ask, and he went yes. and got you got diamonds with him, right? And you designed I, the ring. Yeah, downtown. So yep. it was planned Jewelers, to a certain yeah. Jewelers Row. And you asked, Jewelers and you asked my dad, right? Mm -hmm. And then I asked your parents, you know. So I had that all set up and everything, but and and you know, asking the parents. Yeah, I remember that. But you know what's interesting? I was thinking when you were talking about that is you actually have to start your engagement off with a lie because I don't remember what I told you in order to go see your parents. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and take dog going, food. Right. I, I was know. like, I don't know. <laughs> Works I, for us. Uh, right? I, I got to go out for a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> I've but. got errands to run. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> right. fine. You had to take Alec downtown. You had to go to my yeah. parents. Yeah. That's a lot of lying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it just shows your love. It's good lying. <laughs> I guess. It's like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's, it's basically a therapeutic fib, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? Oh, I like that. Yeah. 
That's cool. Therapeutic yeah, fit. We're gonna we're gonna borrow that from you. So how long were you guys engaged? Fourteen or sixteen months. Let's see. We got engaged in May. So you were not married within five years. <laughs> mm, I can't no. remember if we were. We got, or not. we got engaged in May, and then we got married the next September. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know Timelines. Five to nine. So <laughs> They don't matter anymore. He made the deadline. That's all that counts. <laughs> How'd you guys decide September? Was that important? No. So I actually had a dream that we got married September 22nd. Mm. And I didn't even know if it was what day of the week it was. And I woke up and I looked at the calendar and it was a Saturday. And I was like, does September 22nd sound? And he was like, okay, that works. Yeah, it works. That's Sounds great. Good. Let's do it. And so we found a venue and everything around that date. <laughs> and we just, we love, we love the fall. Yeah, so it's like, it was, it was mm. our season yeah. for sure. So you guys get married and then um, what happens? Where do you guys go from there? Nothing changes. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Like, we it seems married. like it's going to be, it's literally, I mean, we did everything backwards according to like regular standards. What do you mean? We bought a house before we were engaged. Okay. You know, we did everything that you would typically do in like reverse. So for us, it was... Oh, that's like, interesting. We didn't know that you bought a house before you got engaged. Yes. yes. So that's like a, a legal commitment. Yes. Yes. Before the legal commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. A so, financial yeah. commitment. A financial commitment. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. oh my gosh, how does that happen? So that happened because I was under the impression at work that things were going to go a little bit different and I was planning for something financially. Uh-huh. So my whole desire was to propose the day we moved in the house initially. Right. Okay. So I had to pivot and I was like, what's the next best thing? Well, sweet, sweet tomatoes, right? Sweet. No, obviously not. How long from tomatoes. moving but in and getting engaged? We moved in in October and it was May. Yeah. October, what year? Uh, 2010. 2010. Same with us. Yeah. October and then, and then May no, of 2010. No, no, no. Ours was 2009. Sorry. Yeah. 2009, yeah. right. Timelines. Right. But October. Okay. October 15th. Right. Okay. So did you guys talk about that then? That you're entering into this financial commitment together? So we, again, I think a learning experience from my previous relationship Mm -hmm. of not being dependent on someone. We actually went into our home with him only being on the title. Mm. And we had an agreement that for the financial part, like, you know, he took the brunt of most of it. And that if things didn't work out, we kind of had to talk of like furniture wise, what who would be what would be whose, you know, how would we would work the mortgage. We had that talk up front because I said, if we're going to go into this and we're not married and I don't have a commitment, I need to be I need to protect myself too. you to be able to walk away. 100%. But, but you, we're a team, right? Yeah. So it was like, that was our entire, it's our entire relationship yeah. is everything is joint decisions like mm-hmm. like you were asking like passwords to emails and social mm-hmm. media and things right. like that what so, type of tile what kind of cabinet <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah, every, all that fun every stuff decision yeah. right how did you feel about that josh that you had to kind of prove yourself you know i don't i don't look at it as proving myself i just looked at it as being myself and if that wasn't going to be enough or if that wasn't going to be accepted i I was going to accept whatever that outcome was going to be, right? So for me, it was, I show and appreciate Stephanie in so many different ways that if that was not good enough at that time. So for me, it was, let's do this. And if we can really get over this next step, we're here for, we're here for a long time, Mm. right? 
And again, for me, it was it was also a challenge because I was depending on something that didn't actually pan out the way that it I had thought it would with work. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of pushed things off. So yeah, it was a the whole process, right? Mm-hmm. From from meeting each other to begin with to up to engagement. It was a it was a it was a process of learning. Did you have a feeling mm-hmm. about her not being on the title? When- At that time, I I didn't have a feeling about it. I wasn't in either direction. Mm-hmm. It was just I'll take this on, and it wasn't until a couple years ago, no, about a year and a half ago, we actually started to plan even more for our future. Right, so we've got things put together, and so we we actually move Stephanie on. As on title, on mm-hmm. title of okay. the house, yeah, yeah. Because now I want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Now um, I'm protecting myself in another way. Sure. And, and then we were just in protecting us, right? And right. so it's mm-hmm. more things that we can continue to do to do that. It's huge for us. I, I kind of like that because I think one thing that is lost a lot today is women are so independent and so, mm-hmm. you know, self sufficient that there's not almost that like. What does it mean to be a man and a woman and to have that type of chemistry, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting. So how, how was marriage when we got married? Stephanie went back to school. Mm. So it was, oh my gosh, we've been together for this long, not married. We're going to get married and oh, bye. I'm going to go to school. That's a lot of time away, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole bye thing obviously tells you that he felt like (laughs) he kind of lost me at that time. Were you working and going to school? I was. I was working full time. I was working 10, 11 hour days. And then I was coming home. I was studying. I was writing papers. I mean, there was a time where it was, we didn't see each other often Mm -hmm. at all. And so I think that that's been something in our relationship. I mean, I've, got my undergrad and then I went and I finished my master's. So it's been five, five, five and a half years. Five and a half years. Right. Pretty much straight on of this. So it definitely took a lot of work on both of our parts to maintain our relationship and the connection that we have. And we've talked about this before. Like we definitely lost some of that connection along the way in different parts, but neither one of us ever stopped trying. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's the important part of it. How is that different for each of you? I felt like we, like Stephanie said, it's, we, we lost ourselves a little bit and it was really hard to find time just to get together. She was so committed and so involved with her school and it showed, I mean, she was head of her class, right? And in, in both her undergrad and and, and her graduate. So she was so committed and I just was along for the ride. Like, however I can support you we're going to do this just like we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Just the tenacity was just inspiring. But you're, that, you're like alone. I was, but yeah. I found hobbies, right? Mm-hmm. Got involved in just video games and music and just all sorts of different things. Woodworking, forged in fire. Yep. <laughs> Is that where you guys ran into those bumps that you guys were alluding to earlier? We, I think we have definitely a, a couple, you know, with trying to just, figure it out, right? Like there's no, there's no manual for any of this stuff. Right. Right. And you know, when you start to feel disconnected, how do you get that connection back? 
There, there's no, you know, one way to do that. So I think it involved a lot of communication, mm. which we've always prided ourselves on. Like we, if we have an issue going on, it's really funny. Actually, our, our way when we're mad at one another is writing letters. Oh, like mm. written. Yeah. 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 Emails, letters. How did you guys develop that? If I really had to think about it, that's probably how we initially started talking. That's how oh. we met. Oh, yeah, we yeah. met in that space, right? And so a lot of our initial conversations started that way. Written, you can only interpret so much with written. Mm-hmm. When you're in front of somebody, it's a lot of physical and, and the words can mean different things. And so we just found a way to communicate through writing to at least initially start it so that we can have a conversation. Mm. It's always been a very effective way when one of us is challenged, mm-hmm. really. Or mad. Or mad. <laughs> just or mad. mad. <laughs> really mad at you. What was the most difficult letter, letter each of you got? We did have a pretty big bump in the road before we got engaged. This was probably a year and a half into our relationship. And you talked earlier about like social media and how that can be an issue for couples. Right. It was for us. So there was a situation where there were some conversations that were happening on his end that weren't appropriate. And I found them. And that was almost a a deal breaker Mm. for the whole relationship. And you express that in a letter? I expressed it in a lot of different ways. <laughs> All of the I think above. Think first it started with a phone flying across the room. Yeah, in his head. Yeah, there, there was a phone. That was How, what was that like for you? Was that a like a a sliding into something you didn't know what you were doing? Thing. I, you know, at that time, I think it was just. I don't really know. I don't really know why that that desire was there to just talk to other people. Yeah, it was a challenge to deal with that as a couple. Like, how are we going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. We have committed love to each other, right? We said, I love you. We Mm -hmm. live together. We live together. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, it did make us a lot stronger. As as odd as that may sound, it did. Was the contact all social media virtual? Yes. Okay. Phone. Oh, well, okay. Right. So yeah, phone and, but, and social media. Yeah. There was no interactions with people. There was no seeing them. It wasn't to that degree, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something we've run into multiple times, mm-hmm. actually. And, you know, many times it's because there is, you know, this disconnect that's happening in the relationship or there's increased stress in the relationship. Devon Franklin, he wrote a book called The Truth About Men. He talks a lot about this uh, dichotomy between the dog and the master within men, mm-hmm. right? And that there is this search and connection and need for attention, right? And when men are kind of challenged in that way, you know, when they are in that place of being kind of low energy, that they seek that energy, they seek that that tension. And sometimes it'll come in the form of other women or come in the form of other vices and things like that. So it is always, from his perspective, a constant struggle yeah. for men. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I, I was going to say, I, I had always thought that the situation was because, and I look at it again, like how we started, right? Like we had profiles and we had social media pages and we were both talking to multiple people. So there was a lot of attention. Sure. And now you're a year and a half. It's not 
you know, honeymoon stage anymore. We're living together. It's real deal. Right. And some of that initial spark and excitement goes away. Yep. And Naturally. so that is just, to me, that was like him getting that feeling back. Right. But through the wrong channels. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for whatever reason, men kind of don't have a clue about the stuff that shouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, because, I would yeah, agree with it that. It feels Absolutely. good. You know, Who's it's like, teaching us, right? right? Right. Like, do you go through McDonald's because you're hungry or do you go to Jewel and buy some food and go home and prepare it and cook it and it's right. much healthier and long term feels great. But I don't know. McDonald's is right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And I think that I think there is. And he talks about that in the book about, you know, a woman's responsibility to kind of hold a guy more accountable and. And I know with you too, there's things that you didn't know. Right. And like, uh, no, that woman's doing some stuff over there. Right. That's <laughs> not okay. Mm, not okay. That's not okay. Yeah. It's not appropriate. Yeah. And, yeah. and for some reason you have blinders on, you're not able mm. to actually see it. Yeah. So the fact that you guys were able to na- navigate that early on, you know, is a huge thing. I mean, we have couples that come in, they've been married for like 20 years and yeah. now they're facing it, that it's been happening for five, 10 years in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you can imagine how devastating that is at that point. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, and, and I'll say again, you know, I came into this relationship knowing I had boundaries yeah. and was very straightforward with what I will and won't accept. So in my previous relationship, turning a blind eye, I was not going to do that yeah. this time. Right. And he got the wrath of it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I think that is part of, and he talks about that, that in the book as well, that because women are on the receiving end of that dog type of right. behavior, that we do have to have that type of self-esteem that says this is unacceptable mm-hmm. because the type of woman that that is acceptable to is probably not someone you want to be in a long-term relationship with. Right. You know? right. And then we did, we did, we did go to, th- we know we couples, couples therapy. Counseling. Yeah. Couples oh, counseling. Okay. Yeah, we did. Before we were even engaged. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, we were great. really wanting to, I really wanted to show the, to work towards repairing this, right? Mm-hmm. Taking any steps and measures to, rectify that. And and so whatever it took, right, we were committed. It seems like that is a really big waking up moment for men, you know, and when when we have couples come in, it's usually because she's not happy. Yeah. (laughs) More than not like 90, 90, 90, yeah, a lot. And and the guy's kind of clueless. And and then he's like, he gets this aha moment, like, oh my God, I've been hurting this person who loves me, cares for me, has been doing all these things that I'd never want to leave. And who I don't want to hurt. And that I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. and I was not taught. Yeah. Right. And so it's like this awakening, as you said, the mm-hmm. aha moment, right? Yeah. Right. So you guys get, get married and pressure for kids? <laughs> from my family. Yeah. From your family. Um, I mean, my mom has talked about grandchildren from me since like the day we met. Even before, I mean, in previous relationships when I was really young, she's always, I mean, my mom's life goal is to be a grandmother, essentially. (laughs) So we got a lot of pressure from my mom, not so much from his family. We've always, we went into this relationship saying we didn't know if we wanted children or not, even at 24 years old. So you guys talked about that up front. We did. It was quite a bit. It was a lot of conversations about it, actually, even before we were engaged about like, what do we really want? Do we, do we want, do we not? Do we want to leave our options open? And so yeah, we've had quite a bit of conversation a about lot. it over the years. A lot. So you guys knew that you were kind of hesitant before you even met each other about having children? Yeah. I mean, I was. I've I've always been. 
part of that is the passing of my father at such a young at such a young age mm-hmm. that I'm I'm thinking well, that's going to happen to me. How am I going to leave a, a child behind like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of that is because of that experience that I had. Mm-hmm. Part of it too was I just I didn't know if that's a commitment that I want to make in my life. Mm-hmm at 24 years old and even at 35. Yeah. And I think we, we had talked a lot about it. And it, at one point I was, I was always kind of like, I was never the girl who was like playing mommy with her baby dolls. And I was yeah. never the one that was like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom and I'm going to have three kids and blah, blah, blah. Like that was just never me. Yeah. And so I knew that his feelings were pretty set on it and going into the relationship. I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really see it right now, but I don't know what the future could hold. And at one point we did have to have a really serious conversation where, you know, he basically said, I'm not going to have children. I don't want them. And you need to make sure that that's something you're okay with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really took time to like dig deep within myself and try to figure that out. And I, you know, I basically, I told him the one constant that I see in my future is you you know, I don't necessarily see children. And if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be okay. Where in the relationship was this? This was before we were in, this was probably two years in. Okay. Yeah. Because it it got to the point where it was like, okay, we've been doing this, you know, we were living together. Yeah. Like if we are going to take this next step, we need to be on the same page or this is never going to work. Right. Right. So you didn't feel like an internal calling. And so then him deciding that was fine with you because yeah kind of solidified more important yeah and i think as a, as a young woman too you know you you don't want to have those thoughts because there's a stigma associated with that right yeah, right like we're taught you grow up you get married you have kids right and for me i just i never had that urge but i don't know that i ever voiced that mm-hmm. and then kind of knowing him in our relationship i think that gave me the opportunity to feel confident in that decision that I had already pretty much made. I, w- I wonder how many women actually feel that way, but had kids anyways. And then I bet there's a really lot. struggled with that resentment yeah. and regret. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard regret. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no going back on that. I mean, no. both of my kids were oopses. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of felt the way that you did. I didn't, I came from a huge family and I mean, I love my kids. I'm glad I had them, but I was not like, Susie homemaker. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. As nobody's nobody's surprised about that. <laughs> so Josh, for you, yours was really like an emotional thing. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah. I just there was growing up, I my so my dad had a heart attack at 39. His first heart attack at 39. Uh, it's really he, young. he had a second yeah. heart attack at 49. Wow. So growing up, my mom was like, you know, they say that you're going to have something happen to you like that 10 years younger than your dad. Oh wow. my God. Whoa. What? Growing up with that fear? Like, wow. like, okay, so at 29 years old or 30 years old, <laughs> like this is going to happen to me. Wow. And then you're like a young <laughs> potential mom and you went go through what your mom went through. Yeah. yeah. And it was actually like along those lines, his 30th birthday was a really emotional event for him. Yeah. Because he I didn't, bet. he yeah. grew up not thinking he was going to make it to 30. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a fear to be burdened with at oh, yeah. such a young age. Yeah. 30 years old, New Year's Eve, we're sitting at home. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, we couldn't, we wanted to do stuff. We kind of tried to plan it, but I was like, I don't really want to this year. And so it was. 
Let yeah. me just survive this year. It was. <laughs> it was. I don't. I didn't think this was going to happen, and I don't know if I want to celebrate this because this could also mean that it's closer to the end for me. Wow. I mean, that's the way I I you know, interpreted it. I just re- am remembering something about my life. It was in high school, and they had you do a timeline of your life, mm-hmm. and I had myself die at thirty in high school. Wow. <laughs> and I remember that year being like. Am I going to make it? And I do think it was a very transformative year. Was that a transformative year for you as well? Yes, very much so. It kind of across the board, just my outlook, uh, just on everyday situations, Mm. being definitely more open-minded. And so it has changed so many aspects. Absolutely. How it's changed my thought on children though, I, you know, I'm still in that set mindset that I think I see if, like Stephanie said, I see the future with you. It's okay if that is an option later, but right now, no, right? Mm -hmm. And so we just keep pushing forward with that. So you guys have completely opened up your hearts to animals. And I know you guys have been through a lot with that. Yes. Can you guys talk about your experiences with that? My experience as a pet owner over the years has been very emotional and very interesting. One thing I want to bring up about Stephanie and I is is that someone is always the rock in a really hard situation. And you don't verbalize it. You just know, right? You don't... Who breaks down first, right? It's just... It kind of naturally happens. So, you know, did you tell your mothers that, you know what, we're not going to have kids? And what was that reaction? The reaction on my mother's from my mom was she was supportive. There was no pushback. Again, I don't know if that's part of the situation that happened with her husband, my dad, but she was supportive of me in that and wanted to make sure that Stephanie was on board. Like for a while, she had a hard time believing that Stephanie was in that mindset. She thought, She's going to get baby syndrome. I want to have a baby. I want to have a baby. I want to have a baby. So she just was more, are you sure that she's sure, right? But very supportive of it. She is a grandma, right? I do have two sisters that have, my one sister has two girls and a boy. Mm -hmm. So she is a grandma. And now, now that I'm 35 and I've seen those kids grow up, my mom's like, yeah, I'm kind of done. <laughs> right. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> she had she had the grandma the grandma phase. So no pushback really, and mm-hmm. she was supportive. Okay, totally different story on my end. <laughs> <laughs> totally, I really truly think that my mom just within the last year has accepted it. Oh, wow. and so the, I mean, we're talking Took a while, a yeah. long time. Yeah. yeah, for a very long time, she thought that I was just going along with Josh. Oh, wow. And I said, do you not know me? Like, really? Mm-hmm. And and I would have these conversations with her and be like, when did I ever say growing up I wanted to be a mommy? Like, when? what makes you think? She's like, you've always wanted to have kids. How do you know that? Mm-hmm. Like, what whatever told you that? And she could never answer that question. So she, even after we would have many conversations about it, and she would still say something like, you know, you guys going to give me a grandkid? you know, you know, you're, you're 32 now, you know, you guys, if you're going to do this, you've got, you got to do it. And it got to the point where he would actually get upset because he was like, 
why does she keep pressuring us when she knows what our decision is? Mm -hmm. So I've had to pull her aside a couple of times and just have a really straightforward conversation that you need to stop. Like, this is not okay. This is our life, our decision. I mean, there were points too when I even approached your mom and was like, why? Why do you keep pushing so hard for this? Yeah. And and you're not talking to me, you're talking to her. And then I hear it secondhand. So it was tough on that side. And yeah. because we are so close as a family on both sides of our family, which is something that was a struggle growing up. We weren't close on both sides of the family. I really wanted to make sure that that was always top of mind in our relationship and our, our family dynamic, right? So I approached her for it and I was not, I wasn't rude about it, but I just wanted to say, why can't you talk to me about it too? You know, hear my side of it. Cause it was, it was very much like you said, you thought your mom thought that you were just going along for the ride on that. Yeah. Did you guys ever do anything permanently so you cannot have children? No, I've had an IUD. That's a 10 year IUD put in when I was 26 or 27. And even like, even my OB was like, are you sure? Like this yeah, is something right. that like it could affect your fertility in the future. Right. You know, there, there are side effects. In 10 years, happen. those are your childbearing years. Right. And he's like, are you sure? Like you really need to think about this. And I was like, yes, like I wouldn't be mm -hmm. here if I wasn't sure. And it, you know, it's something that is removable. And mm -hmm. I, I think in some way, we've always kept the door cracked, right? That it, because you, you can't predict the future. Right. right. So, you know, I, I mean, I've heard of people who, when they were 39, were like, I got to be a parent. Something in me is just changed and I got to mm -hmm. be a parent. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. That could happen to one of us. It could happen to both of us. There's no way of knowing that. So we don't have any permanent measures mm -hmm. that are in place, but long-term ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. That kind of thing. Yes and no. I mean, we're taking, okay. you know, protection against right, it happening. Right. But, you know, if, if something were to happen, it's kind of like, okay, in my mind, like, well, that was supposed to happen then. Right. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. We, we even talked about potentially, even if, if, if that's something that we really wanted to do, possibly adoption in the future too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's part of our dynamic, right? We, we are, save animals. We save animals. <laughs> there are, I yeah. mean, there's stories out there, right? I mean, there's so much on the news that we've seen even recently. So that is an option too for mm -hmm. us, right? Right. Other avenues to Other fulfill avenues that. To fulfill yeah. that need or that desire that we may have some like sometime in the future. I, I think we were pretty young when we made that decision not have any more kids. Yeah. Yeah. And we were pregnant when we got married and mm -hmm. within a couple of years, you had a vasectomy. You were so you really made sure the decision. Less yeah. than so thirty. We, yeah, we really. You, you made were under thirty decision. when you did that. Yeah, so we had started the company, mm -hmm. and we had decided that you know we could either put all our energy and effort into building the company, mm -hmm. or we can have another child. Yeah, you know, and it it had to be either or. Yeah, because you, it wouldn't be fair to the child for us to try to do both. Right. 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 Yeah, like you can have a kid or a life. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. truthfully, though, you can give more to the ones you have. Like we we've you know. looked at that and we're like, we enjoy our lifestyle. Yeah, right. So mm -hmm. you know, I jokingly I call us dinks, double income, no kids. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like the dink lifestyle is where it's at. Like we we have disposable income that we can utilize for trips. Now, granted, three dogs keeps us from going on as many trips <laughs> as we like, so we kind of right. screwed ourselves in that way. But, you know, we we can do the things that we want. We don't have to worry about that. And I think 
throughout the last probably eight years or so, all of our friends have had kids. We're pretty much the only people that we know who don't have kids who are our age. And we've seen what they go through and what they are going through and the challenges that they face. And sometimes we just look at each other and we're like, it doesn't look lovely. Like (laughs) this is why we have dogs because it's just, it's, it's the lifestyle I think. And I don't know if we're both selfish or what, but it's just, we don't want to change that. And the spontaneity, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. is a big piece to that too. We, while you can be spontaneous when you have children by all means, right. But just the waking up on a random Sunday, let's go to a Sox game, right. Or let's drive up to Milwaukee and go to a brewery or... Or go to a Cubs game. Or go... Well, oh, no. Oh, no. We wouldn't do oh. that. <laughs> Boy. We don't do that. <laughs> I'll wear my socks gear. That's, that's okay. another, another podcast. <laughs> yeah. We can save that for after the show if you want to check it out. <laughs> but I think we love that... that Freedom. Uh, mm-hmm. Freedom. Yeah. And I think people are... They, they lose so much of that. I mean, I think that's the number one problem we see with couples mm-hmm. is they have a baby and everything goes to the kid. Everything. And they they stop hanging out and they yes. stop investing in their relationship to the point where it's like dried up and starving. I mean, we're one year after Stephanie's graduation from her master's. Graduated last May. So we are really kind of doing that connecting again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're getting back to what we were like before we got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we lot, we, like we said, we, we felt yeah. like we lost some time. Mm-hmm. We were always connected, but we're, we even say like, <laughs> how do we have fun? <laughs> yeah. When like, yeah. When, when I started having time again, I'd be like, what did we used to do for fun? <laughs> like we would have a Saturday and be like, We'd look at each other and be like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And he'd be like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what did we used to do? Because we used to have a lot of fun. And it's like, you almost can't even like remember yeah. what it was like before that. So, I mean, I guess I would probably say that that's similar to what parents go through. And, and I can say from our perspective too, you know, again, with our friends and things, not just their relationships, we've seen the issues that happen between their marriages because mm-hmm. you talk with your friends about that stuff, right? But also in their friendships. Like I, I know as a 35 year old woman who doesn't have kids, I struggle with my friendships with other females who have kids because a lot of what they're doing is based around their children. Right. Right. And I don't have that and I don't have that connection with them on that level. So I struggle a lot with some of my friendships even because we have decided not to have children. Just that relatability piece and they yeah. can't just pick up and go. Right. There's just different places in life. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And again, they're focused on their kids and that's, they should be, right? Yeah, that, that's, absolutely. That's right. where they are in their life. Right. That's the priority and that's totally fine, but I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So and, and, you know, we're kind of in the same boat, you know, we're empty nesters. Right. And And we're pretty young empty nesters. And, you know, so for us, you know, the friends that do have kids, it's kind of hard for mm-hmm. us to be able to get out right. and, and kind of socialize with them because, you know, they have, they, they either bring in their kids. Right. right? <laughs> or, you know, it's, we're, we're planning out months in advance yes. in order to actually connect with them. Right. And and we went through a similar thing. You know, he did a five-year doctor, doctorate program. Mm-hmm. With, <laughs> yes. Raising a child. Our, our youngest starting was Starting a business. Yeah. At the time, our oldest was 18. And yeah, I had to kind of man that whole side while he's off doing that. And you had to do internships. We'll never do that again. No. And then, you know, I don't even, 
know if, I think it was such a relief when you graduated. I don't know if we went through what you're experiencing now, but when our kids left, we got to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because we had so many things defining our lives and it's so nice to have that type of freedom to... Just be you, yeah, right? And we've, we've become real homebodies. We've become yeah, real huge. homebodies in this in this journey that we've taken here. Even after being in this house for nine, almost nine years, mm-hmm. and we just we enjoy our home. We've really made it our, it's our sanctuary. Sanctuary. Yeah. sanctuary. That's what we call yeah. our house too. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Josh, did you ever have that feeling of the legacy? The name carrying on your last name. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that has been the one topic of conversation uh, from my mom, from my mom, really, mm-hmm. is she was supportive 100%, but she's like, what about the name? Yeah. Lots of history behind that. Some things that happened early on as a child with my dad's side of the family that Mike. I don't really see it that way, right? Mm. Interestingly enough, we actually talked, even Stephanie and I talked about changing our name and combining them. Oh, really? Together. Mm. So for me, legacy is something too. Yeah. Because I have my father's last name. Yeah. And he has no other children. So for me, there was a part of me too that had that legacy want. Yeah. And we talked, I mean, we came very close to changing our last name, both of us, that would be a combination of both of our last names. Why did you decide not to? He decided. Again, it was one of those things we were identifying. Well, we weren't identifying boundaries, but we were definitely still in that boundary stage. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't make the decision to choose to com- not to combine our names out of probably more than anything else of just the time truly because we were getting married and there is a lot of changes that would have to happen on, on for things that I don't e- didn't even have control over which could have complicated things so the name and carrying it on the legacy of that yeah a little bit part of me is sad that that may not be an option at this point but I've accepted that too I'm okay with it mm. challenge mhm so that was a challenge for you then changing your name then? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. And, and I'll joke and I don't mean it, but I'll be like, don't worry, one day I'll have it again. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, I joke. You still do get mail. You still do get mail with your, uh, with your I do. name on it. I've got a couple of things that for whatever reason, my, you know, my old name is on there and he's like, you need to change that. I'm like, I'm not letting go of this. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's like a highlights magazine from 1983, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not changing it. This, this is coming to the house once a year and it's going to have my old last name on it. That's great. Just frame it. You know, right. I might. (laughs) How do you guys deal with conflict? Differently. Differently, for sure. I would say that... That's funny. We just had some of this, actually, within the last couple months, right? Conflict? Well, well, well. Yeah. um, um, So there was an expectation on... My father-in-law got prostate or, or got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm. Okay, and seeing as how da- uh, Stephanie's biological father died of skin cancer, mm. she called me and we had a conversation. That when she found out, yeah, as soon as he got the test results right. back, mm. called him. So it was a Saturday, I remember, mm-hmm. and 
at this point, we're still, she's working. I'm, I'm at home. I was occupied, but I was talking to her on the way home. Right. And so this was a challenge because she came home and I didn't, I didn't get up. I didn't do, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't know it at the time. I had headphones on and I was playing a game and she comes in and then I get up what I felt time went by so fast and it was a half an hour. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where are you? I already left the house. <laughs> where are you? <laughs> so, wow. Oops. So we overcame it, but it was a lot of conversation. It was a, very, it was a challenge for us. That was a um, tough one. That was a tough mm-hmm. one for us. Why wasn't I there? for you and to support you during this hard time mm-hmm. for us, for you, for us as a family, for us as a, as a whole family, our extended families and the, the unknowns. So I didn't know it at the time in that instant, but I regretted it as soon as I figured out like, Oh boy, this is not, this isn't where I want to be with us. And the challenging thing and all that was the response from both of us. What do we do now? We were, we were stuck, both of us. Mm-hmm. She was stuck with how she felt about my reaction. And then how am I going to repair this? That was hard on, on both of us. That was a tough one. Mm-hmm. And we've overcome it mm-hmm. for sure. We and, talked about it quite a few times, though. I mean, a couple of weeks worth of conversations mm-hmm. here and there. Do you tend to run? I don't typically. Okay. I have to be in a really bad headspace to just fight or flight. I'm usually a fighter. Yeah. But to get out of there, I'm in a really bad headspace. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't even want to look at you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where I was at. I was like, if you come near me, I don't know what I'm going to do. What were you feeling? It was let down. It was, you have an expectation of your partner. And again, we've been together for 11 and a half years, right? So we've been through tough situations and he's always shown up for me and shown up for me the way I need him to. That time was a really important time and he didn't show up for me. I felt it all. So that was like, okay. All that like betrayal, abandonment. It was like, are we broken? Is there something else behind him not showing up that I don't know about? You know, it just makes you kind of insecure about what's really what's behind this why is he not showing up like he usually would so it was just it was a lot of disappointment a lot of hurt and he just didn't seem to get it right away you know when I left I left and I went to a restaurant and I had dinner by myself and I got margaritas and you know (laughs) and you know his response to me when he initially saw that I was gone was so what you just left I'm like, what? No, wrong, <laughs> wrong move, buddy. And <laughs> and this is all about tone, right? It's like, where did you go? Mm-hmm. That if I would have said it to you in person, it would have been, where did you go? Not even <laughs> connecting the dots. Like, did some? Did you have to run out to the store real quick? Because that has happened. I don't know. And time just slipped. It went by so fast, and so I wasn't even understanding how long that duration of time was. And duration of time was really part of that, right? I had been home for half an hour yeah. and he hadn't said one word to me. You know, there's a book called The Way of the Superior Man, David Dido. Dida. Dida. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, you could have a buddy, he's been your friend for like 20 years and shows up all the time. You're supposed to go out and meet him and he blows you off. And you just think, oh, he's 
probably forgot or he's busy. He said, but your wife, <laughs> you could show up every single time for 20 years in the second you don't show up, you know, especially that, those important it. times. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is, you know, if you if you could imagine, you know, if we lived in the forest and just sleeping would be dangerous. Right. right. And so you hook up with someone and say, all right, you you stand guard while I sleep and then we switch mm-hmm. and then you wake up and oh, he's on the video game and yeah. a bear could have eaten you. And for women, because we are the ones that produce infants, we're hypersensitive to that. And so it's the one slip. Doesn't matter what you've done before. Yeah. So well, it does, it, your credibility is shot. <laughs> and and I think for me too, it was another level of hard just because I don't deal with vulnerability really well. I I mean, in the 11 years we've dated, he's probably seen me cry a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a crier. I'm like, I deal with stuff, right? So, so he wouldn't even have possibly had that on his radar that you really needed him. He should have because right. I cried on the phone to him. Oh, so okay. that's for me what indication of it. something different. Now. You yep. knew how right. upset I was. You know I don't get upset, and you still didn't show up. Was for me was do, the biggest sure. issue. Do Do you think possibly that's what shut you down? What like shut me down? Her emotions and that overwhelmed you. So you kind of almost like subconsciously coped by pretending everything was fine. I mean, part of me like. Was I didn't know how to react because I've I I experienced a loss of an uncle from cancer, but but it wasn't as close to home, and so we didn't we're not there, right? We we got news. I don't know what that means. Mm. I don't I don't have enough understanding of what we're dealing with. What she was dealing with is completely different. She was having an emotional reaction to news that we didn't know about. And that was what I wasn't connecting, right? I wasn't connecting with, she needs me here mm-hmm. right now. First thought that went into my head was, what, what's he feeling, right? And do I need to talk to him or do I just need to give space? Do I not need to crowd? Like, what is the, what is the right thing to do? And it's, it was a struggle in that moment. And then the hours after waiting, right? Not knowing, not getting response because I, I knew very quickly that it was going to be a while. Yeah, I messed up. Uh, I messed that up. That was a big oopsie. <laughs> I screwed this one up. I would, um, I would imagine too, the way that your mom was more dependent and maybe not, not as appropriately as, as she should be like to where that line would be more blurry for you. I still question it. Like what, what happened? Why did that happen where I wasn't there? Cause I had said, you know, when somebody has a hard time or is breaking down, the other person's always there. That was the one time it didn't happen for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the one time that I can really think of where yeah, truly. I wasn't there, right? It was like a aha moment. Not even an aha. It was just like, why did this happen after 10 years of being together? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot of conversation about how we're going to be able to get past this. So this this conflict here happened pretty recently. Yeah, within yeah. the last month. And so is that is that different, the way you guys handled this conflict? Is it different than how you handled conflicts early on in your relationship? I think this one was just to a different point sure. of hurt. Previously, and in most situations when there's conflict, it's very, very rare that one of us yells 
we typically, mm. again, like we, we really, I think pride ourselves on our communication. And again, it'll typically start with a letter. And then, you know, when we are with one another, we'll say, do you want to talk about this now? Right. And we'll sit down and we just head on, right? Get, get it over with. Let's, let's figure this out. Unless cell phones are thrown at each other's face. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's when, you know, I'm really mad. I throw things and I leave. <laughs> but we, we typically will, will take things on. And sure. so it's rare that one of us is at a level that we just need our space. We need to cool down, like get away from me right now. And I think the one thing that is, that is, really awesome about when we do deal with conflict is is that by the time that we are ready to talk to one another it is very constructive it's not mm. it's not a you should have i should have it's how are we going to deal with this as a couple and then we'll work on the fixing part like let's talk about the situation let's not talk about how we're going to fix it let's talk about that moment mm. and then we'll work on how we're going to fix to make sure that that's not going to happen again Right. And so we, 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 we kind of go at it from the situation then, and then more broader, like preventive, preventative kind of, but you obviously don't yeah. know what's going to happen in the future, but you try to set your own boundaries and you try to set the rules of like how you're going to behave or like react, learn from it, learn from it. Yeah. Right. So you give each other space to kind of process it mm -hmm. first before you come together and just kind of talk about like the how and why it happened. Yeah. And for me, I think I'm pretty reactionary just by nature. And I can very easily say things that I don't mean. So for me, I think it is important that I have a little bit of time to not just be in that emotional mm -hmm. crisis mode where I'm just going to, I want to hurt you like you're hurting me. Sure. So I think for me, especially, it's important that I have that time away when things are really difficult, where I can just give myself a little more perspective on what's actually happening. Yeah. And it eats me alive. <laughs> it does. It eats me alive oh, yeah. because it's he like, when I leave. Sure. it's the time, it's the, it's the no response. And it's, mm -hmm. I want to try to fix this in this very <laughs> moment, but I know this isn't the right time. And that was a, it was a real test to kind of just back off and, and really kind of give that space. And I think that that really helps too, without pushing it too hard. Like talk when we're ready to, right? Right. You never have to deal with that. Never. No. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so last question. What is it that your partner does that you know they love you? I mean, there's not one answer. Seriously. Like, I, I think we do things for one another without it even being a thought. And I'll say like, you know, talking about having animals or something, right? Like, we talk about our day that like at night we'll be, I'll be like, what's your day like tomorrow? And he'll tell me. And like, so if he's got to leave early, I'm like, okay, he'll get up. I'll go downstairs. I'll feed the dogs. I'll get them out. Like I'll, I know that he's got stuff he's got to do and vice versa. More times than not, it's me that has to leave and he's home working. So he's, he's taking care of everything. So I can just focus on what I need to do and get out. And I think there's a lot of those unsaid things that sometimes you can take for granted mm -hmm. that we both do for one another that just to me show our love you know they just we do them naturally for one another I think his his mother and his sister once said when we were having a holiday at our at our house and they were like it's so nice watching you too they said you both just like we were loading the dishwasher 
and we were working together to load the dishwasher. And they were like, it's amazing to watch you two because you two are such a team. And like you guys just effortlessly, effortlessly do these things together. So I think that that, that hit me. Mm-hmm. Like that spoke volumes to me that, that we do do that. And that that's, I guess that's not normal in some relationships. And to me, I just took it for granted, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that just the consistency of that too, right? It is so second nature. It's, it, well, it's so second nature to not even ask, can you? It's, you will. Like both of us do it to each other. Oh, you need something picked up? Like, don't even, like, we don't even have to ask. You just, you kind of do it. We fill each other's sentence or we finish each other's sentences a lot. It's gross. Um, we say the same <laughs> words at the same time a lot. We'll be singing to a commercial at the same time that we've both heard a thousand times. And for whatever reason, we didn't do it the last time, but we do it this time. So there's so many daily interactions. There's really a day that I it's, it's really hard for me to even think of a day that we don't smile at each other and laugh. Yeah. Even in those challenging times. For me, it says a lot about our relationship. Mm-hmm. You guys wear the same shirts, same colors. <laughs> we, do, we, do have, we, do have, we do have matching raincoats. <laughs> we do. Oh. From time to time, we'll wear flannel because, you know, we moved out to the country, so you have to wear flannel sometimes. <laughs> We've got cowboy boots. We've got cowboy hats. We do. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, in my senior living career, I, I actually had a couple that lived in one of the communities I, I lived in, or I worked in. I felt like I lived there. And uh, <laughs> they had been married for 65 years. And no joke, every day they matched. And at first I was like, that's so cute. And then I was like, that's kind of weird. But then I was like, but no, it is cute. Like I've gone back and forth on it. But they were just so connected. It was like, it just happened for them. They both have red shirts and black pants, like whatever. So we're not there yet. We are. (laughs) We don't don't even know it. And we'll show up at work like, oh, we're both wearing blue again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, man. See, you just connected. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh and Stephanie, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You guys have such a wonderful relationship and a wonderful story. And thank you for sharing it. Well, thanks for having us. It's yeah, been Rangie, a lot of fun. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic and so much fun. It is such a blast, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is. You know, human beings have been sharing their stories for thousands of years to grow and to bond and to, to heal. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your relationship and the lives of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. For all you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs>